Using the power of artificial intelligence, Taiwan researchers have found four drugs that may be able to inhibit the COVID virus. One promising drug is GMY206, an anti-inflammatory therapy that was dozens of times more effective against COVID-19 than remdesivir. Partial results of this study were published in ACS Nano, a journal by the American Chemical Society. The research team at National Yaming Jiao Tong University used AI and SARS datasets to identify key proteases in the COVID virus and see whether different FDA-approved drugs could inhibit them. Three other drugs that showed promise against the COVID virus were hepatitis C treatments, bocetprevir and teleprevir, as well as nalprinavir, which treats HIV. The king of Eswatini has revealed he was treated for a COVID infection by a team of Taiwan doctors in January. His Majesty King Maswati III made the unexpected revelation in Parliament of Eswatini. The country is currently Taiwan's only diplomatic ally in Africa. We spoke to Dr. Wei Poli of Taipei Medical University Hospital about the top secret medical diplomacy mission. I am grateful to the President of the Republic of China, Taiwan, for sending through this medication to help treat me. Speaking in the Eswatini parliament, King Maswati revealed that he caught COVID at the start of this year. The head of Taiwan's only African ally thanked Taiwan for its medical assistance. A team of five from Taipei Medical University Hospital was dispatched to Eswatini. The King's was not a severe case, in fact, so we proceeded with a course of treatment for a mild case. Within a week, his viral load began to fall. Seven of the King's wives were also diagnosed with the virus. TMUH sent the emergency team of five doctors on a 12-hour charter flight to the country to provide a month of treatment. His status is rather special, so we viewed it very cautiously. We administered many treatments after appropriate discussions between a team of experts and local doctors. The mission was top secret until now, with even the doctor's families unaware of its details. The team video called with the hospital daily, however, to discuss the situation. They returned to Taiwan just before Lunar New Year. Before returning to Taiwan, the king held an audience with the whole team to express his utmost gratitude. I want to stress that this was our small contribution to our citizen diplomacy, which we feel very happy about. The medical mission will be certain to shore up Taiwan's diplomatic ties with the kingdom. The 1922 hotline is a Taiwan CDC's 24-hour information service for all matters related to communicable diseases. Since the start of the pandemic, the number of hotline calls uh, has skyrocketed nearly 30-fold year-on-year. According to the hotline's contracted operator, Zhonghua Telecom, 1922 received 2.02 million calls between January 2020 and January 2021. The greatest number of calls received in one day was 390. The hotline traffic peaked six times over that period, so we say that the volume of calls is synchronized with the epidemic. Our average response rate was 85.4%. One peak in call volume came last February when Taiwan suspended the entry of Chinese nationals. Hotline calls spiked to their highest point in April 2020 during a COVID outbreak on a naval fleet. Then the number of calls dropped with the slowing of the epidemic. 
but between December 2020 and the end of this January, the hotline was overwhelmed once again due to a rise in imported cases and an outbreak at a Taoyuan hospital. Taiwan has taken another step forward toward its energy transition goals. Government officials launched a new solar power system at New Taipei's Shuling Industrial Park. This project is part of a push to phase out nuclear power and to have an energy mix that's 20% renewables by 2025. President Tsai Ing-wen signs her name on a solar panel before joining other officials at the launch ceremony of a solar power system. The plugs go in the sockets, symbolizing that all systems are go. In a speech, the president heaps praise on a roof covered edge to edge with solar panels. Green energy development has been one of the most important policies of this administration in recent years. The industry is also core to a national strategy. This represents our determination to achieve an energy transition and pursue sustainable development. I am so pleased to see that at this industrial park in New Taipei, there is a product with such representative value. It allows the roofs here at the industrial park to generate electricity and it gives the industry a shot in the arm. Green energy has been a top national policy since Tsai took office in 2016. In the future, solar power will account for more than half the renewable energy capacity. To that end, the central government has taken stock of all available rooftop area in the country. It's working with local governments and solar power companies to install solar power systems across Taiwan. There are more than 20,000 factories in New Taipei. If we're able to guide these industrial factories and encourage them to adopt solar, it would greatly accelerate New Taipei's campaign for green energy. Besides solar power, other key government projects are offshore wind farms and renewable systems built on fish farms. The Thai administration says that step by step, Taiwan will make progress toward its green energy goal. International fuel prices are on the rise. Could that have an impact on your power bill? Analysts say the government is under pressure to raise power rates at its twice-a-year review meeting next month. But there's also pressure to keep the rates unchanged to give a breather to businesses hurt by the pandemic. As the weather warms up, the air cons go on, and attention starts to turn to power prices. In mid-March, the Economics Ministry's Electricity Tariff Review Committee will convene once again to decide whether to lift rates. Its considerations will include fuel costs and shipping fees. Right now, we can see that they are both on the rise. But another factor is the impact of the pandemic. Last year, the industries that suffered most in Taiwan were services and traditional manufacturing. The committee may consider giving these industries room for recuperation and revival this year by leaving rates unchanged. The expert says that with traditional manufacturing and the services sector still grappling with the pandemic and with Thai Power having made 22.7 billion NT last year, the committee may leave electricity rates unchanged for the sixth time in a row. However, international crude oil prices are on an upward trend amid a severe snowstorm in the U.S. state of Texas. So far this year, Brent crude prices have grown by more than 20 percent. U.S. financial services company Goldman Sachs says crude will continue rallying this year as global demand recovers at a faster rate than oil production. That could put pressure on Taiwan to raise electricity rates. You have to look at the longer-term trends to decide whether to raise the rates. On that front, we have professional assessments. 
asked about the future of power prices, Economics Minister Wang Meihua declined to give a forecast, saying there was still a month to go before the committee convenes. With global crude prices swinging, only time will tell if electricity rates will rise in April. Taiwan lottery scratch cards are a favorite pastime for many, but pouring over the numbers to check if you've won can be a headache. Now Taiwan Lottery has launched an app that scans your card for you. Elderly people are among those saying the new app is a big help. But some say going over the numbers is all part of the fun. This lottery player scratches happily while glancing back and forth checking the numbers, missing that golden number could cost you a fortune. Tired of straining your eyes over the numbers? Now, a new Taiwan lottery app will help. Scan the QR code and it will work out for you if you want or not. If we scan the QR code for him with our phone, there won't be any chance of missing your date with the god of wealth. For people like us who don't know how to read it, it's pretty useful. The other day, my dad couldn't read it and we just scanned the code for him. But others say you've lost out on half the fun if you skip the scratching. I like the feeling of scratching it. Taiwan lottery statistics show that online lottery ticket sales were up 18% this Lunar New Year, and the scratch card lottery grew by 30%. They expect lottery fever to continue until the Lantern Festival. Lots of people are hoping the Golden Ox is a lucky year. Taiwan's chocolate industry is going from strength to strength. Last year, Taiwanese chocolates won over 100 trophies at the International Chocolate Awards. Among the winners, the most successful was Chen Yuxian. Educated in France, this chocolatier incorporates the flavors of Taiwan into all his delicacies. This dainty little cake boasts five different kinds of cocoa. Underneath the chocolate glaze, there's chocolate mousse, cake, a crispy biscuit layer, nuts, and even candied fruit. Melted chocolate is drizzled onto ice-cold cakes. Then, for the stunning decoration, a speckle of golden power and a dab of gold leaf, pretty as a picture. These are the creations of 33-year-old Zheng. I've worked hard to create a distinctive system of chocolate that is really Taiwanese. And to develop this system into a chocolate language that can be accepted globally, that is legible globally. Zheng incorporates local ingredients such as sesame oil, plums and Macau in his chocolates. In 2016, they won him a bronze and a silver at the International Chocolate Awards. Even though Taiwan only started growing cocoa relatively recently, they think our skills are very high level, both in our agricultural skills and in later stages of processing. Each chocolate is a tiny work of art. Zheng has featured in magazines in Italy and Japan, and his growing fame saw him invited to exhibit work at the Salon du Chocolat Paris three years in a row, the only Taiwanese chocolatier to receive the honor. Originally, Zheng studied foreign languages at National Sun Yat-sen University. Because my father was a teacher of Chinese literature, he thought if I'm studying foreign languages, I should go on to do a master's and become a professor and so on. But throughout my four years at university, I was teaching myself all about chocolate. Zheng fell into the world of chocolate at 19, going to a French culinary school. After bringing his skills back home, he opened this chocolate shop. His dedication and the irresistible chocolates themselves finally convinced his parents. Now, he plans to open a branch in France. Taiwanese culture is completely intertwined with our creations. 
Taking them to France means promoting Taiwanese culture. Although Zheng's plans are on hold due to COVID, he still dreams of bringing a sweet taste of his homeland to the world. A macaque at Shinzu Zoo has brought joy to hundreds of vis visitors and online fans by exploring, believe it or not, smartphone ownership. After the phone was dropped in the long-tailed macaque's enclosure, one monkey took quite a shine to the gadget. His experiments to find a use for the device delighted monkey lovers across Taiwan. Sitting high up on a tree stump, a long-tailed macaque fiddles with a smartphone. Occasionally, he looks carefully into the screen, later lifting it up to rest on his forehead. The phone-addicted visitors at the zoo could see themselves mirrored in him. We assume a visitor accidentally dropped their phone near our long-tailed macaques while trying to take a photo, and the macaques picked it up out of curiosity to play with. The amusing scene unfolded at Shinju Zoo when the macaque got hold of a visitor's phone. The priceless footage sparked lots of reactions online. As zookeepers explained, the macaque's original habitat is in Southeast Asia. Also known as crab-eating macaques, they are social creatures believed to have an IQ equivalent to a child aged two or three. We urge visitors to be very careful when taking photos. You must take good care and hold on to all your items to avoid dropping them in the animals' enclosures. We also worry animals could be injured or things like that. Zookeepers have taken this monkey's phone away for now. They are waiting for an owner to come forward to collect it. But this is one misplaced item that has brought smiles to many faces across two species at that. Cherry blossom watchers take note, a treat is in store. The 2021 Lohas Cherry Blossom Festival is underway in Nehu's Lohas Park until February 28. Nine varieties of cherry blossoms are in bloom along the banks of a stream. For most news reporter Stephanie Yang takes us there. We're currently at Nego River in Nehu. There are nine varieties of cherry blossoms blooming along the Nego River banks. The three-kilometer-long trail along the riverside is filled with beautiful pink, red, and white blooms. Many visitors have traveled to the park to see the riot of color before the flower season ends in late February. The cherry blossoms are very beautiful this year. It feels like a cherry blossom path. The environment is very elegant and it's stunning here. There are several varieties of flowers here. If you go upward a little bit, there are white cherry blossoms. I heard they are a newly discovered Taiwan cherry variety. The cherry blossoms in the front are pale pink. They are a brighter pink here. The nine varieties of cherry trees include the Taiwan cherry, double-layer cherry, and the Showa cherry. Visitors can walk along the Neigo River to enjoy these floral views. The pink flowers over there are more beautiful. We took bus 281. Aside from viewing the blossoms during the day, visitors can also visit the area at night from 6 p.m. till 10 p.m. The area is just a 15-minute walk away from Donghu Station on the MRT. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Weiyao in Taipei. Have you ever had a dragon fruit as big as a football? One farmer in Yunlin feeds milk to his dragon fruit plants, producing the biggest dragon's eggs in Taiwan. Just one of these is good to feed a whole family. You'll be amazed. Let's take a look. Dragon fruit are never a bite-sized affair. On the left is a normal-sized fruit, but Xu Wei Zheng's produce is off the scale literally. Put it on the scales and the dial flips right round and then some. It went all the way around, more than 1.5 kilos. It's more than 1,600 grams. 
Shu has perfected his dragon fruit growing over many years. He cultivated this variety, the mi bao, with its amazing appearance and juicy texture. We use fresh soy milk as well as dairy milk to ferment and water them. We only use natural methods to grow and manage them. The mi bao is popular not only in Taiwan but even abroad. The only dragon fruit that can be sold long-term overseas on the Canadian market is this one. Rare dragon fruit are very nutritious and full of minerals as well as anthocyanins. Some of us may get blasé about the high quality of local fruit, but this farmer knows firsthand just what a miracle it is.